0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning, please. We've been on a series called Living with the End in Mind, and I want to read one verse and have you to read it with me this morning. This is Psalm 144. And uh, it is verse number one. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. If you have a different translation, that last line says, "In my fingers for the fight. Could we read this together? Let's try it. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Let's pray. Father, thank you. For your amazing grace, your love, your compassion that you have for all of us. So Lord, today, open up our hearts and our minds that we might hear what you are saying to us. For our benefit, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Many years ago, there was a man who lived right on the Mason-Dixon line. And he had friends uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line. He had friends south of the Mason-Dixon line. He did uh, economy and trade and sold his farm goods uh, everywhere in that area. And when the Civil War approached, he did not want to take a side. And uh, as the war got closer to his farm, not to offend anyone, he wore a blue top and a gray bottom. And both sides shot him. LAUGHTER You don't have to realize, once you became a believer, you took a stand. And once I became a believer, I took a stand. This is no place for lukewarmness. God will uh, literally spew you out of his mouth if you're lukewarm. So here we are today, and you and I are in a fight. And David is admitting that God trained him and taught him to fight. He trained him for warfare. Now, this I know any worthwhile objective dream goal destination of significance must be fought for if you're headed somewhere if you're trying to accomplish something you have to fight all the way to get there and I tell you why you have an enemy and I have an enemy there's a world of flesh and the devil wanting to keep you and keep I and I from our destination now This is what David is writing, most likely, when he is king. I think if you read the entire chapter, it's very clear that he's already king. Now, I want to put David's life in reverse just for a point here because we know that David was one of eight brothers. Everybody say eight. And he was the youngest. We don't know how many sisters he had, but we know Jesse had eight boys. David is the youngest. This is what I know about brothers. Brothers tend to fight. And, and I know that personally. I had a brother that was smaller than me that was bigger than me. And, and David, I think, had some fights while he was home. How many of you think that's true? Now, I, I talked to Carrie this week, and she said sisters were the same way. Girls. This is time for you. Amen. Me. Okay. So brothers and sisters can get crossways. You, you, you can. You know, get. To, uh, you, you can get where you have some. Uh some good fights the worst fight I ever had was with my brother I mean worst fights plural I ever had was my brother I remember one time dad uh, do you remember when uh, houses had crawl spaces underneath them and you you got there was usually a place there and there was a hole and and we had some uh, uh, dogs and cats and something happened to the little door there and they got underneath and you'd have skunks and possums and critters and and spiders and and fleas and ticks and dad said okay boys said I want you to spray under the house and we had a big house two-story and so dad got the spray rig put it on the back of the truck and of course he went to work he said y'all take care of it so we probably poured chemicals in that are banned today and uh, didn't have a mask or goggles or none of those things so I'm the one I'm the oldest I crawl under the house and Steve's running the spray rig and he's feeding the holes under there I don't want to be there it's creepy under there you don't know I mean Jimmy Hoffa may be under there for all I know and so it's horrible and so I'm under there and I start at the very back and I'm spraying this house and it stinks it's all you know I want to get out as soon as I can and I'm trying to pull the holes around and I can't go and and it's locked up, I can't move to a different location Steve's supposed to be manning this back here and I'm hollering through this underground space on the house, I said give me more holes more holes, I I can't go any further no reply no more holes and let me tell you I got angrier and angrier (laughs) And let's just say it, I got madder and madder. I mean, steam's coming out of my ears. I crawl out from under that house, and he's sitting on the back of the pickup, and I said, I said I want more hose. I mean, I am livid. He took the hose up, wrapped it up like this, and reached back and slapped me right in the face. From my nose to my chin, he split me open. He gave me more hose. (laughs) I jumped in the back of the pickup. We're going to Fist City. We're right there at the interchange of two roads going by. People are slowing down. They're looking at us. We're in back of the pickup. We're out of the pickup. We're rolling on the ground. And my mother, who's not even five foot tall, comes out with the fly swatter. <laughs> she comes out with the fly swatter. And here we are. I mean, we're duking it out. And she's, I mean, Breaking it up. My mother, I tell you what, she was given her authority, wasn't she? Do you know the Bible says brothers are born for adversity? And David, I think, had a ton of it because he had seven older brothers. We kind of see the conflict when he gets to the Valley of Elah. They're on him as soon as he arrives, right? I think, now this is my opinion, I think he learned how to fight at home. I think he learned how to fight out in the fields and the pastures, keeping the sheep because he said, I fought the lion and the bear. Then he had to fight Goliath. If you're going anywhere, you got to fight. And as I was working and praying this week, this is what I thought. Somebody here today has to hear this message because God's speaking to you. Do not give up. Don't go backwards. Resist. Go forward because what you're pursuing is worthwhile. And if you give up, you give up. And God is saying to get where you're going, you've got to engage in the battle. And you and I have to learn how to fight because your in will have to be fought to get there. Can I hear an amen? But it was David's battles, this series of battles that brought him to notoriety. Could it be that fighting with his brothers gave him a step up to fight the lion and the bear? Lions and tigers and bears. Lions and tigers and bears. I mean, could it be his brothers brought him to another level to fight with the animals? Could it be the animals brought him to another level to fight Goliath? And it was there on the battlefield at the Valley of Elah that he is spotlighted to national attention. It was there he was noticed. It was there where he was seen by the nation. If he had not fought Goliath, I don't know if we would ever know the name of David. But God had something in mind. God had a plan. God had an end in mind. Can I hear an amen? He has an end in mind for you today. He has something for me today. So when you quit fighting, you're done. Why? Because you have an enemy that does not want you or me to arrive at our destination. I want you to notice some key verses in Psalm 144. Because he begins by saying, Lord, you taught me how to fight. Look down to verse number 12. Let our young sons grow up like plants. Do you see that? Now, I've heard you're growing like a weed. But he said, I want our young sons to grow up like plants. He said, let our daughters be like pillars they are carved to adorn a palace. One of the things that David addresses in this chapter is that, ladies and gentlemen, your attention please, that you're going to have to fight for your family. I'm going to have to fight for my family. And listen. There are issues that our children and our young people are facing every day. I'm going to give you six this morning very quickly. There are six issues that I think, just my opinion, that are some of the most critical issues that our young people are facing today. Number one is the lack of good parenting. I think it's a major issue all around the world and especially in America. Our police are having to deal with it. Our teachers are having to deal with it. Our administrators are having to deal with it. Everybody's having to deal with this. On Friday night, Carrie and I went shopping, and uh, it was uh, probably around 10 o'clock. How many of you know a whole nother species comes out shopping after 10? <laughs> Y'all are so holy. And these have children. And we were shopping, and I noticed while we were kind of going through uh, some of the aisles, that some of these kids literally were absolutely going berserk. They were pushing each other in carts. They were running the aisles like the Indy 500. And somewhere, I'm sure in that, Store because they couldn't draw, have driven there, they couldn't drive there. There's a parent there that just absolutely let them go, and they're up and they're down and they're, they're running over people. I think too many parents have neglected their parenting responsibilities. They have not instilled values, they have not built character, they have discipline that is non existent or supervision that is so poor that it is alarming in America. And we have a scourge, and sometimes when you look at this, and I look at this, this is something that David addresses here about the young men and the young women, and then he begins to say, I have learned to fight, and he's saying this is what we want for our, our boys, this is what we want for our girls, but I know this, as a pastor and a parent, you got to fight for your family, and I have to fight for my family. And we've all done it, and we should do it. And for those of you who are single parents and grandparents raising kids, it's double tough for you, I know. And our heart goes out to you, you need grace and mercy and God's strength. But let's do our job to parent well because this is a huge issue in America and children are reaping the horrible benefits of poor parenting. Here's number two. Drugs and alcohol have become a scourge in America. 40%, uh, 46% of all students will have tried marijuana before they graduate from high school. Young people who regularly consume alcohol and drugs are five times more likely to have a dependency problem than those over 21 years old. If there is a family history of drugs or alcohol, these young people raised up in that environment are four times more likely to have dependency problems. That is not only a scourge for young people and children, it's a scourge for everybody in America. Now, we are very blessed. So many people have overcome that, and they're overcoming that by the goodness and the grace and the power of God. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. But this is what I know. You're going to have to fight for your kids. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. We're engaged in something here. We want to see a good ending for them, but in the process, you and I are not going to have to fight. How about violence and bullying in schools? Makes no difference what school you go to. The, the national news showcasing one child, one teenager after another being killed by someone who's gone berserk. And we know that 20% of all students have been physically bullied 53% were verbally bullied 51% were socially bullied 13% were cyber bullied at least over a two month period it's a it's a plague in America and so that is what our kids are dealing with what about poverty 41 percent of all children under age 18 live in low-income households 21 percent of children live below the poverty level and nearly one-half of all children in the United States live somewhere around that area why I mean it's a good question it goes all all the way back to number one parents 86 percent of children who have parents with less than a high school diploma live in low-income families. 67% of kids who have parents that have a high school degree but no further education live in poverty. You see, we have to move forward so our kids can move forward, right? Let's raise the bar so our young people will raise the bar. It's an issue in America. What about You know, Alan kind of talked about it this morning. What about unhealthy lifestyles, obesity? 17% of all children in the United States, according to the CDC, are obese. Young people today are having issues they didn't have in generations past at a very young age. Age, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, breathing problems, asthma, sleep apnea, psychological problems, depression, low self-esteem. You see, these are just some of the issues that we're dealing with today. Teachers, parents, administrators, the police, society, we're dealing with these issues today. How about, and I think this is a huge issue today, peer and cultural pressure 23% of teen girls feel pressured to have sex. 33% of teen boys felt pressured to have sex. 55% of teens tried drugs for the first time because they felt pressured to try them. 70% of all teenagers who started smoking began because they felt pressured to start smoking. A lot of pressure out there, isn't there? A lot of cultural pressure, not just the, the kids in school, but you turn on the television, you look at movies, you, you look at singing and songs and, and pop icons and movie icons. A lot of pressure there. Carrie and I, years ago, we were in the mall. How many of you know every once in a while I get in trouble if I ever go to the mall? <laughs> Carrie doesn't take me out much. Uh, you know, we live way out in the country, and there was a group of, of uh, young people, and it was kind of back during the time where they, they were in the, um, I don't know, what, what do you call it when they all wear black, and they white out their face, and they're, they're in this gothic mode. So there was a group of them, and they all had their black on, and they had kind of the white makeup, and, and, and all the stuff, and they kind of passed by, and you know, I don't see that much out where I live. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it I guess but you know I just don't see much of it so I, I'm walking down the mall and there's this group and I you know I, I just look at him this one guy says what are you looking at? I said I'm looking at you! I said I figured that's why you dress that way for me to look at you. <laughs> Carrie's going <laughs> I can't take him anywhere but realize this why, why are they doing that because they've seen somebody else do it. They, they've they heard about it. They've read it. They've seen it on television. It's, you know, their favorite star did it or somebody did it. So we have to be careful that we don't get into that because there's a whole lot of pressure for our kids to conform to something that sometimes is not all that great for them, right? So those are just six things that our kids, our young men and our young girls are dealing with and David said, Lord, help our boys grow up like Strong, healthy plants. Let our girls be like a sculptured, carved, artistic pillar in a palace. Isn't that wonderful words that David gives? And and he says these are issues here. In, In chapter 144, verses 13 and 14, he speaks of barns and sheep and oxen and cattle. You know what he's talking about. This is our livelihood. This is our economy. This is our financial situation. Do you realize that you have to fight for your job sometimes? You have to fight for the the economy. You have to fight for your finances. You know why? Because the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He, He wants to take you captive if you tried and failed he wants to to stay a failure he doesn't want you to get back up again if you put forth the effort and it didn't work out he wants you to stay there he doesn't want you to be blessed he doesn't want you to go forward he doesn't want you to get an education he wants to keep you pressed down not shaking together and running over but just pressed down so he wants to stifle your growth and not have you get to your destination where God is leading you, where he's anointed you, gifted you, because that's what he does. So to get past that, what do we have to do? We have to keep fighting, pressing, moving forward. Can I hear an amen? Look at the last part of verse 14. He says that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. One translation puts it this way. That there will be no breaching of our walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. You know what he's saying? God, we're going to fight that we don't go into bondage. We're going to fight that the enemy doesn't break our walls down or breach our gates. We're going to fight that we don't go into captivity. How many of you know we're free and free indeed in Jesus Christ? But the enemy wants to bring you into captivity. You know how you keep out of captivity? You stand in his freedom and you just keep on fighting. You keep moving forward. You keep taking one step and another step and another step. You know what David is saying? We've got to fight for our children. We've got to fight for our financial integrity. We've got to fight for national security. Thank God for men and women that were willing to fight for our country. Amen? Thank you. Because this is what some people that are very misguided thinks, well, let's just make peace with them and it'll all be okay. The devil will not make peace with you. You have to defeat him and vanquish him through Jesus Christ because we are in a fight. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy your family, your finances, He wants you to quit, give up, surrender. He must be defeated. We have to fight like David. We have to engage the enemy because how many of you know we are going somewhere. We're headed somewhere. Now your challenges and my challenges sometimes are the very things that God uses us, uses with us to promote us. And those challenges can move us forward. As I said, if David had never fought Goliath, you may have not ever heard of him, but he did. If we're moving forward with the end in mind, we have to move forward in faith, fighting. Say that with me. Move forward in faith, fighting. Listen to what Paul said, Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Now, let's analyze this just for a minute. I finished say that with me I finished the end of my journey the last letter he writes to a young man by the name of Timothy he's gonna die he says I finished this journey I got there by fighting I got to the end by fighting I have fought a good fight I finished my course and he says I fought in faith now there are some things the Word of God tells us. I want to give you three very quickly. Paul gives us insight about this fight that we have. Here's number one. This is a spiritual fight. This is a spiritual fight, and we have spiritual weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Paul said, you're in a war. I didn't say that. That's what he said. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit moved upon Paul to write this? God is saying through the Holy Spirit, you are in a war. You are a soldier in this kingdom. And we fight the good fight of faith. He says that this is a spiritual warfare and we have spiritual weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, we have a spiritual battle. We have spiritual weapons. Here's the second thing. We also have spiritual armor. Ephesians chapter 6. He tells us that we're engaged with an enemy here and we have to put on the whole armor of God that we'll be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Therefore, having your waist girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which will quench the fiery darts of the devil... And the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. He says, okay, you're engaged in a spiritual battle. So when you go, put on the armor of God. So every day, what are you doing? You're going out with the armor of God. And you have your helmet on, your breastplate, you have your shield, you have all the armor on, you're girded about, and you take the sword, and you take prayer and the word, right? Right? And you and I are fighting. We're moving forward, not backwards. And the third thing is, you've got an enemy. Matter of fact, the world, the flesh, and the devil, according to Scripture, is your enemy. But your main enemy, how many of you know, is the wicked one. He has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Now now listen to what uh, Peter says. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, your enemy, the devil, Do you realize a lot of church people don't even believe in the devil anymore? How many of you know Jesus believed in the devil? He created him. All things were made by him, for him, whether in heaven or the earth, right? So, when you say, well, I don't believe there's a real devil. Well, listen, I'm going to believe Jesus instead of you, okay? Is that all right? Is it okay if I believe Jesus instead of you? You've got an enemy and Peter says your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him stand firm in the faith you know what even secular people say you're more likely to be mugged and stolen something from you and harmed and hurt if you look like your easy prey so don't look like easy prey I don't care if you're 250 pounds or you're a 90-pound woman, you can be strong in the Lord. So he says the enemy is looking for people to devour. Be so tough he can't chew you up. Be willing to fight. Be willing to resist. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So two key words here, one Peter gives us, the other one James gives us. It's actually the same word though, it's the word resist. Say that with me, resist. What do we do? We resist the devil. That word in the Greek means withstand, oppose, stand against. Do you know that God literally gave, literally gave Canaan The land that flows with milk and honey to the children of Israel. But when Joshua led them across the Jordan River, guess who was already there in their land? The enemy was already there. For them to fully possess that land, they had to drive out the enemy. Can I tell you who's in your tomorrow and who's in your future and who's in your way to get your destination? The enemy's there. He was there for them. He'll be there for you. But here's the good news. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ has already won the victory. We just have to fight in that victory. We have to go forward in faith that we have weapons that are strong and mighty, spiritual. We have armament that we put on and we move forward knowing who the enemy is. If you could punch the devil in the nose, you would, but you can't. So you have to use spiritual weapons, right? So you got to move forward in faith because you're headed somewhere. There's an end in mind, and he does not want you to get there. And he's going to do everything to keep you there because once you move there, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness and a blessing to the kingdom of light. So we're moving there, and we are to withstand, oppose, stand against, and take ground that God has already promised us, and we have to throw him out of our Canaan. Amen? You know, the Lord said, it's a land that flows with milk and honey, but you still got to milk the goats and fight the bees. You, you do. You got to move forward. You got to resist. And it makes no difference how big you are. You know, I've always liked the story about the guy who came into a lady's house to, to rob her. She wasn't very big. and Someone breached the door, and she didn't know what to do. And the only verse she thought of, she, she cried out, Axe 238. The police arrived and said, Why didn't you go ahead and mug this woman? And said, Well, I didn't know. I thought she had an axe and 238s on her. I didn't know. So, you know, just use the word. Do what you can. Resist the devil. God will use something for you, right? And we've got to move forward. Sometimes... Your attention, please. The very thing that we avoid is what God's going to use to mature you, grow you, and get you forward. There's no way you're going to live this life without being offended, without being hurt and wounded, and something happened that you didn't want to happen, that people are going to come against you, the enemy's going to fight you all the way. If you have decided you're going to take the easy road, that road will not lead to your destiny. The easy road will not lead to your destiny. You've got to fight. You've got to fight. You've got to fight. You've got to fight for your family. Years ago, another mall story, Nathan is two years old. Carrie said, hold the baby, and I'm going to go over here to the lingerie section and shop. And I said, okay. So I decided, you know, I'll let her go over there, and I'll stay over here. With Nathan and when I got kind of ready to go I I walked over to that section and I noticed and we were in Lawton that there were three soldiers there that had kind of got her off to the side and were saying things to her and I began to hear what they were saying and let me tell you my blood pressure went through the roof and I walked over there with a two-year-old in my hand and I said, fellas, that's my wife. I don't appreciate what you're saying to her and how you're approaching her. And if you don't leave right now, we're fixing to clear out the lingerie section at Dillard's. And they just, you know, politely walked away. I want to say something. You're going to have to fight for your marriage. You're going to have to fight for your children. You're going to have to fight for your, fa- your, your, your finances. You're going to have to fight for this church. and here is the news that's wonderful and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church amen the gates of hell will not prevail against his church if joseph had not went through this horrible in our mind trek of fighting and disappointment and Potiphar's house and prison and, and all those things, he would have never been beside Pharaoh. He, he would have never been there as the prime minister of Egypt. It was the struggle that got him there. If, if Solomon had not went through the difficulty of following one of the greatest kings and having that temple built that took him a while, he would have never been at the place we esteem him at. If Samson hadn't fought the Philistines, we wouldn't read about him, would we? If Daniel hadn't had a lion's den, we wouldn't have that notoriety about him. If Shadrach, Neshach, and Abednego hadn't had a fiery furnace in their life, we wouldn't know much about them. But you know what they did? They said, We're going to defy culture. And false worship and a kingdom that is not the kingdom that we're used to. We're going to move forward. We're going to resist this and God's going to be glorified. And today we still read about him, don't we? You see, to reach our end, it's going to take a fight of faith. And I don't know, maybe you're here today and you feel like, listen, I'm I'm going to give up or, you know, something's happened. and, and, And I think I'm going to check it in. That's the worst thing you can do. It's the very worst thing you can do. But when you resist, when you fight, when you go forward, you become like a David who confessed, you know how I learned how to fight? You know how I learned warfare? You know who taught my fingers to fight? The Lord, my rock, who taught me how to fight. Sometimes you got to get on your knees and make a stand. Sometimes you got to get on your Face in your prayer closet so you can take on something publicly, right? You got, you got to take it on. Sometimes, as Paul said, you got to gird up, you got to armor up, and you got to pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Why? You're fighting, you're going forward, you're, you're resisting, whether it's your health, your family, your children, your anointing, your calling. Where God's leading you. We're fighting. We're fighting for the kingdom of God. So pastor, he's already won. You're right. But we're fighting in his victory. You're fighting in his victory. So today, if you walked in here feeling like, man, I'm so challenged. I don't know if I can go on. Here's the good news. You got some more fight in you. This isn't over. We're headed somewhere. There's an end in mine, but you've got to fight to get there. I've got to fight to get there. We all have to fight to get there. Bow your head with me.